And we are live from Thoroughbred Park, and we'll uh, we'll also have a Monday's expert chat with the Wizard from the West, Willie Pike. He was doing good things here yesterday in Canberra, and uh, we're going to have a bit of a chat with Willie to talk about his career and how it all began uh, for Pikey over there in WA. Well, let's get to Ron Duffy to kickstart proceedings. Duff, good morning to you, mate. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was a good weekend out there, Dave, at Rose Hill Gardens. Um, we had, obviously, Lighthouse winning the Coolmore. What a valuable mare she is now. Uh, she's a beauty. Uh, David, uh, the Ma Eustace team have uh, kept her up for a while, and she's just continued to race very consistently and well, and uh, got the job done at the big uh, on the big stage there on Saturday. And Obviously, the talk of the town was Shelby 66 again, who was uh, unbelievable. And with the writings on the wall, you talk about uh, Pike. He, Pike won the far lap. He certainly did, yeah. No, it, it, one thing uh, with that particular horse, were you surprised uh, at the price of Lighthouse? And we'll talk more about it in a moment, uh, Duff. But do you, do you think that was just the consensus? They didn't think she would run a strong 1500, that she remained that sort of backable price? Uh, yeah, look, it's always a competitive field with an open market, the Coolmore. There's some lovely mares there, but she'd... She, look, it was the first time she'd ever backed up. It was the first time uh, she'd tried 1500 and she had tried on a heavy track. So uh, you could see reasonings there why, why she was um, a little bit... Not, well, I wouldn't say she was soft in the market. She was probably one of the hardest ones in the market late. And uh, there was confidence about her and she, she did shine through at the finish there. But, uh, you know, I, I think the... the the market was about right, but if you want to reprice the race, obviously it wasn't. We've got uh, Dean Lester, I think, joining us now, Melbourne studio. Dino, a wonderful weekend of racing uh, south of the Murray, and how did you fare, mate? Uh, no, I uh, I didn't fare that well, Dave. Uh, it was going along okay, but uh, hit a massive hurdle in the new market and never really recovered. It, 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 did it surprise you? Well, obviously it surprised everyone, but did it surprise you um, just how those four horses on the inside performed? Um, we'll, we'll talk about the track a little bit later on, but uh, it's just extraordinary, as Duff was alluding to in, in the, his cross with the Big Sports Breakfast. Yeah, it was, uh, and it was just the the, the vagaries of the, the straight track and, and how... The, probably the the lighter weight of runners got their heads together down towards the inside and and uh, rode as a group virtually and then made the best man win. But uh, the horses that we expected to come into the race were probably stuck out in a bit of a limb, like Home Affairs down the middle and Mars Crusader out wider and Lost and Running was gone a long way out. I, I just don't think either the straight or that uh, synthetic hoof filler gear change uh, affected him. But... Uh, Ultimately, yeah, there was that, that little group, four of the first five home down on the inside, uh, and the New Zealand form standing up. I mean, the New Zealand, yeah. a New Zealand uh, horse, or horse with New Zealand form hadn't won the uh, new market since 1887, so uh, I suppose they were due, uh, but uh, they ran first and fourth. Glenn Munsey's uh, joining us as well this morning. Glenn, uh, you worked yesterday there uh, to Canberra on the uh, the coverage of Sky Thoroughbred Central. You're there again today, and, of course, you're in Sydney on Saturday. Yes, good morning to you, Dave. Good morning to Ronnie. Good morning to Dean. Yeah, it was a, a very, very strange race, the Newmarket. Yesterday, I actually had a chat to Brock Ryan yesterday. I said, mate, how's you, how was your experience, uh, you know, your first time down in Melbourne there, down the straight? And he said, well, it was quite weird, actually, because he said... If Huey wanted to go where he was going and James McDonald wanted to go where he was going and Karen McAvoy went where he was, he said, I just followed them where, where they went. And he said, uh, after the race, I, I realised that 
that wasn't the right place to go. But um, uh, it's all about experience and knowing what was going on. But it was a really, really weird race that you made. Certainly was. Uh, we're going to open the phone lines as well. 13.53.53. If you've got a question for our panel, you can fire in straight away. We've got plenty to, to uh, discuss. Let's talk about the Coolmore Classic, Duff. You touched on Lighthouse and, and her performance. What about some other runs in the race? Uh, what did you make of Promise of Success? I thought she would have won with a better with a better run in transit. I know you, you take the risk in your own hands when you want to back back markers in races uh, these days, and she is a back marker who drew wide and had to go all the way back, and then had to circle the whole field right out wide, which I'm, I hate at Rose Hill because uh, not many horses can do it. And I th- thought her run was the performance of the race. She peaked up on the right day at the right time, but just didn't get the right run. Uh, Mirror Vision did peak up as well. She's run a blinder. Hinged has backed up the surround win with a with an excellent performance. She um, just wants that little bit further now. I would I would have thought. Uh, Expat had a chance. She she made her own luck. She kicked and just wasn't good enough on the day. So Wonderbar probably didn't run the fifteen hundred right out. But uh, all in all, it was uh, a, a deserved win by Lighthouse. But I'd have to say uh, it'd be thinking that the promise of success would be a, a better barrier or something like that or a better run in transit might have made it interesting. Uh, Dino, we, we talk about it all the time, uh, but uh, this Mar Eustace stable is just becoming a bit of a powerhouse um, in, in Australian racing. and it, Quite extraordinary that you know this mare, what burst onto the scene here in Oz, her first run was back in November at Kiton and uh, she works her way up to, a, to Group 1 racing. Yeah, exactly right, Dave. And uh, I think, you know, when she won a benchmark uh, 84 or 90 at uh, Flemington, they said, you know, that we'd try and get some black type on her page. And when she won the Chester Manifold, you thought, well, sort of job done a little bit. And then uh, elevated and ran that group one placing uh, in the oar behind Tefane and uh, and then just gone from there. It's uh, It has been a, a remarkable ride and a remarkable four or five months. But one thing that they do, I think, uh, better than anyone that I've seen so far is the acclimatisation of the international horses. Uh, they've given her, you know, I think she'd been here a fair while, gave her plenty of time to acclimatise and then she could step into just a decent campaign where often we've seen the internationals have one, maybe two runs and then they have to you know, really knuckle down and, and acclimatise. We've got uh, our first caller on the line. Paul's uh, phoned in punters post-mortem, and uh, everyone give us a call, 13.53.53. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Um, I'm just wondering, is Nature Strip going to have another run before the TJ Smith and very elegant before the Queen Elizabeth, in your and, opinion? Yeah Nature, Strip prob- yeah, Nature Strip probably runs in the TJ Smith. Um, I, I, Without I, another run. Yeah, without another run, yeah, I'd say he keeps him uh, nice and fresh for that race, and uh, that's he's probably been his main target all the way through there, and and I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw very elegant again on maybe Saturday. This Saturday. Yes. Hmm. Oh, that's what I think. No dramas. What What was the reason for your question, Paul? Are you Are you um, thinking that nature needs to have I'll another back, start? All yeah, oh, right. Uh, a multi or all up bet, and I was just wondering what their program was. No dramas. Thanks for your call, mate. All right, um, let's uh, go to our text line here. 
Um, and it, just back to the Coolmore, uh, question about uh, expat, what you thought of expat uh, Duff, and also um, Espiona. Yeah, expat, we, we touched on her. I, I think mm. she, she did her thing and, and took up the running and kicked and, and yeah, give a good sight and just didn't run the 1500 right out at that level. Espiona is a filly that I think is could be spring, more spring type of a typical Chris Wallow, just all too soon for us. She's still a little, well, I won't say weak, but she, she she's there's still more to come from her in the spring, but it's just all happened too quickly for her. And in these wet tracks and everything like that, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, maybe even Chris stopped with her now and, and we'll, we'll see. I wouldn't be giving up on her come springtime, put it that way, because she's just, um, it hasn't been her autumn. Right, the new market. Uh, texts are flying in here, and it's good to see the engagement this morning. So if you do have a question or, or a text, you can get to, on that text line to Sky Sports Radio or give us a call on 1353. This one's to you, Dino. Um, just wondering uh, your thoughts on Artorias. If Artorias obviously stays in that spot and doesn't follow the pack, it probably wins. I think that's fair comment, but uh, would... You've gone with that pack that of six uh, before the race, and I think right. uh, you'd probably go with the, the horses that uh, he tried to get on the back of and, and ultimately came through and, and ran very well. But that was, I think, the, the, the thought of the race that uh, I don't know if many thought... That the speed was always going to be Finance Tycoon, the astrologist on the inside, but were they going to be good enough to keep going and take you into the race? And... You could have been at the 400, the exact reverse situation of what happened is getting dragged out of the race, whereas he went to the outside and followed, well, Home Affairs, uh, Lost and Running, Mask Crusader, you know, the, the big guns in the race, and and ultimately, uh, yeah, it didn't work out. But I, I would think nearly every day of the week you'd, you would have pre-race uh, gone exactly how he went about it because the horse, he didn't have to drag the horse out at the start. He always misses the start two lengths anyway. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, and uh, yeah. know, if he would have stayed on the inside, you would have hung him out to dry, you know, in, in, before the race. Oh, for sure. Well, well, when was the last time we had a straight race at Flemington that the inside dominated? Uh, look, it has evened up a lot more, and the the more the rail goes out, the more the chance there is, because it's not that... It's not that far to the inside rail because they put the barriers right in the centre, equidistant from the inside to out. So it's not that far to get straight down to the either rail. And that's why I thought a few might take their chance and go hard to the outside fence because it's not that far to get there. Um, but uh, they, uh, they huddled down the middle and, and then there was that group of six on the inside. How often do we see a big field down the straight these days where they do split so we don't know? That, they, all, they all seem to come together. That's the thing, yeah. They don't split very often, and uh, and you know uh, that's the uh, the widest uh, the rail can be for a big field. So uh, yeah, it, it well done to to Patrick Maloney and Fred Kersley and Jamie Carr uh, going down the inside and and using their speed and and uh, and getting the prize. But uh, yeah, I, I would say Home Affairs, regardless of the situation, to me looked raced a little bit flat. Uh, he put in a huge effort to beat Nature Strip first up, and even if he did get a bit lost out in the centre of the track, I just think he raced a bit flat anyway. Lavonde did go past him down the same lane. All right, uh, got another caller on the line, guys. A couple of calls, actually. Mark's on the line. Morning, Mark. Yeah, morning, boys. Uh, Duff, we got the money with uh, Dewitt. 
Yeah, yeah, see, that helped the day, I can tell you that much. I think so, yeah, no, she's a beauty, she's uh, come up really well, we all thought that after a second up run and she proved that on Saturday, I thought she was very dominant, I, I love the way she surged through the line there, she's, yeah, she's flying. Yeah, she'll, she'll eat up the 2400 tanker, they're very elegant, so. she went back up, after two, she goes around this morning, she went back up, do you reckon? No, I, I, I don't think uh, very elegant will go to, although well, I don't know if she goes to tanker or not, I think it's more, yeah, clearly, yeah, yeah, she'll, she'll go into the... This week, and now she won't back up boys later. I can't. No, no. I found another one. I reckon Dino. Yes. Queen Blanche Daisy. Did you see her on Saturday? Yeah, I think she'll go to Adelaide. She might. She might end up in Queensland, but uh, Daisy's and Doe Kerr both will go from that race. Yeah, Daisy's ran really well. I think they both ran well there. Um, Daisy's got through. Doe Kerr didn't. uh, There wasn't much between them in the spring, but they both went really well. Yeah. And. uh, yeah, okay. That's all I want to say. Thanks, Beautiful, Mark. Thank you for Munz. that. We've got... Sh- all- go, go, Dino. I was just going to say, Munz, um, Jewess, there's just a few inquiries this morning on Melbourne Radio. Not, I know they're long-range markets, but not in the Melbourne Cup market. She went like, uh, you know, uh, she loved Flemington on Saturday. Can we get that rectified from a couple of callers, please? Oh, he's onto it, I'm sure. Dino, uh, Sean. Now. Oh, I don't know where he's. He's on the phone, man. Uh, no, no, Sean. It sounds as though they're an aeroplane um, uh, on my line at the moment. I, I, I know, I, you know I'm travelling a bit at the moment, but I didn't know I was in the private jet. Where? What is that noise, Munns? You don't know. I beg your pardon, and sorry? What would you know what that noise is? Is it coming from your room? Hotel. Yeah, I, I, I don't know okay. what it is. You know, uh, there was four people in the spa area probably four or five hours ago, but they, they should have left. Sean, Sean's on the line. Morning, Sean. Morning, guys. How are you? What's your question, mate? mate? Just come up one, one for you, Dino. Uh, floating artist. Generally, it might come back again. Uh, he suffered a bit of an a paddock injury, so I don't know if we're going to see much of him. I don't know if he'll even be back for the Melbourne Cup in the spring. He'll be back for the spring, but it might be more back end. But he had a uh, he had a paddock accident, and uh, yeah, we won't see much of him for a while. Beautiful. Thanks, Sean. We'll take a break. It's 9.26 on Sky Sports Radio, Punters Postmortem this morning. Give us a call, 13.53.53. The New South Wales Country Championship Qualifiers. The Wild Card. 2020. But Bobbing's come from a minute back. He's raced up to take the front from Too Big Fari. They're going to hit it together. Too Big Fari came back at Bobbing and there's nothing in it. It'll be Too Big Fari to win it. 2021. 150 to go. Rothenberg the leader. Blue Missile's coming again. Then Plonker. It's Rothenberg. Blue Missile. And Plonker. Plonker the outside going to them. Plonker got up and won. The Country Championship wildcard this Sunday at Scone. The sun shone, the wine was crisp, and the smell of truffled brie lingered in the air. Now this is the autumn racing carnival, thought Tom, surrounded by a taste of the southern highlands. Lost in a sensory overload, he reached out for the last olive, but a hand gracefully swiped it from under him. His eye drew upwards. It was her, that famous actress. They'll never believe me, laughed Tom. 
Steaks Day. This is where stories are made. Saturday, March 26, Rosehill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. If you run a local business, we radio listeners would like a word. A word about your garden centre sale. A word about your new online store. A word about your famous meat pies. Because you've got the things we want. But unless you advertise it, we won't know about it. So get on the radio. Then it'll be your store we go to. Your website we visit. And your name we remember. Come on. We're all ears. Advertise on radio and watch your business grow. For help with radio advertising, visit radioalive.com.au. Cody Morgan, Growing Up. I was born on Melbourne Cup Day. What a nuisance one, so that's always been a running joke. Um, that year in 85, and then um, grew up in Corindoy. Mum and Dad were originally from over at sort of Port Macquarie, Kempsey Way, but they moved out uh, there on, on a cattle property and... Um, yeah, born in Crindor and had my first race right there. 11am Monday on Racing HQ. Quality yearlings coupled with the country's best incentives make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March Yearling Sale a must attend March 21 and 22. All yearlings are eligible for the $14 million plus Magic Millions Race Series. Buy the next Queensland bread star like Jonker, Incentivised Capitalist or Zoo Star. This year's catalogue offers 427 lots with progeny by 87 individual sires, including 16 with members of their first crop. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. Don't miss the colour and excitement of the $750,000 Wellington Boot Carnival with two sensational days of racing, Friday, March 25, and Boot Day, Sunday, March 27, featuring the $200,000 Wellington Boot. Tickets at 123 ticks or at the gate. It was a kaleidoscope of colours. Ladies and gents in their race day best. However, it was the crowd that made the hairs on the back of James' neck stand up. Thousands of exhilarated racegoers glittering like jewels in the afternoon sun. He hadn't just watched the Longines Golden Slipper. He'd witnessed history. Longines Golden Slipper Day. This is where stories are made. Saturday, March 19, Rosehill Gardens. Book now at theracers.com.au. Gold Crown. Harness racing in Bathurst goes back 140 years with the first trotting handicap held in May 1879. A field of six competed for a purse of 25 sovereigns. The Bathurst District Trotting Club was formed in 1910 and raced at the showgrounds under lights from November 1953. The Bathurst Harness Racing Club moved to a new purpose-built facility near Mount Panorama in October 2014. The Bathurst Gold Crown Series. Live on Sky Sports Radio. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punter's Postmortem. You certainly are. It is 9.30 on Sky Sports Radio with uh, Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey this morning. We're discussing the weekend's racing that was and we've got a caller on the line. Joe's joining us. Uh, good morning, Joe. G'day, fellas. How are you? Very good, mate. Yeah, just uh, want to comment a bit on that uh, straight track of Flemington. That that's become a Billy Goat track. It's really, um, you know, it's just just so wrong. I mean, you know, I only bet at uh, Flemington on the weekend, and I had a winning day, but I didn't back in any straight race because it's just so unfair. It's so unpredictable. I don't know how how people punt on it. I can't punt on it. It's like donate money, might be. Uh, using a pin to pick to pick your you know, to pick your selections because it's just impossible. And I don't know what you guys feel about it, but I mean, you know, 
that was just ridiculous on Saturday at Newmarket. Well, no one's forcing anyone to bet. It's, um, but, I understand that. I understand that. But the normal punter doesn't realise. No, You know, I've been punting for over 50 years. I've worked it out. The only straight racing I bet on at Flemingham is the two-year-olds because 95% of them, they come down the road, you know what they're going to do, and you can have a bet. You want to bet in those new markets and that, it's just become an absolute joke. Even the lightning, you can't pick them. You're just doing your money. I mean, you know, I've, I haven't been betting on the straight track for about three, four years now, and it's even becoming worse and worse, as it was highlighted on the weekend. The best horses got beaten by three lengths because they come down the wrong side of the track. Ridiculous. Thank, by, thank, by a horse. Thanks for your call, Joe. I bet you if I gave you moral tomorrow, then down the straight, you'd be all over it. Um, yeah, I, just don't, on... I just don't know about that because Levante and Rock and Horse had the New Zealand form and they've essentially run, you know, Rock and Horse has turned it round on Levante by a little margin, uh, you know, a couple of lengths maybe. Uh, but it came down that lane, um, Levante, and uh, I, I, I don't know what happened there. I, I'm not that convinced it was just all to do with surface there. I think, I think the lighter weighted horses were very smart rides and used their lightweights and their speed to make the other horses out in the centre of the weight carry their weight and, and do it a bit harder. Mm. Um, yeah, first, four, first three across the line all had 52.5, then 53.5, 52.5, 51.0. Mask Crusader, the first one with any sort of weight with 57. Zutori down on the inside, 55.5. Home Affairs, 56. So the top weighted horses uh, ran 7th, 8th, ninth. And did a lot of those big guns, Dino, you know, go to that part of the track because I think, well, James and, and Jamie fought out the first and they were in the middle of the uh, the track in that breeder stakes. Yeah, I'm often of the thought that with the straight track racing and all racing, especially if there does tend to be a, a lane or something, that they, they keep their powder dry for the bigger races. Uh, but those horses drew down the centre, as you said, and, and ran on. But the second straight race, they were edging towards the inside and there was nothing wrong with it. And, uh, and then ultimately in the... Uh, in the main event, they were right on the inside. Okay. Um, we've got uh, your more of your calls coming on 1350-353. We'll jump back up to Sydney. Uh, there's a couple of texts here about Mr Mozart, of course, uh, won the Farlap Stakes. What did you make of the win? And then also a comment, too, on never being kissed duff because there's a couple of texts there about uh, what the punters, well, what you thought uh, for the punters. Yeah, look, he really bounced back there on Saturday, ridden a little bit more aggressively and let run and... Got a very, uh, a really good mid-race rest there, which really helped. They, they, they sizzled home in comparison to the day. And it all fell into place for him, and he really found his mojo again, Mr Mozart. He, he's always been a horse with talent, but he was just hard to assess after his two lasts, uh, where he had excuses, mind you. Um, and never been kissed. I, I want to be on her uh, when she finds a dry track. Uh, she's not much good on the wet. She looks, I thought she'd trialled ordinary coming into the preparation, uh, but she looks in amazing order, and uh, she's one of my horses to follow for the meeting, and when she finds a dry track, she's got a lovely racing style, and she's a chance of um, winning one of these big uh, fillies races, or mares, fillies and mares races, or fillies races, um, in the near future, at, uh, at decent odds, I think. 
Munz, I'll bring you into the, uh, the the conversation here, mate. Uh, Duff touched on it uh, with the big sports breakfast team at the changeover about Shelby 66. Gee, he showed some emotion, didn't he, uh, Danny Williams, after the race talking to Greg? Yeah, amazing, Dave, that um, I, I suppose, um, you know, uh, I, I said to Duff on Saturday, you know, Cliff Carey and Garth Carey, you know, they would have been all over Shelby 66, the weights and measures and everything like that, dropping out of a... You know, a Group Two race where a weight for age race back to, you know, a, a, a Group Three here with fifty-three and a half kilos. Tommy rode a half kilo over, uh, but it, it's just what Danny has done with this horse. He, he said he, he's a very, very big horse, and he, and he Danny said, you know, you, you just get him fit and you get him happy, but it's the, it's the ability of horses to get through. Uh, tracks with a, a bit of giving him, um, and the form stood up. Cavalier Charles won at Canberra yesterday. That you know beaten Shelby sixty six back at Maruya a few runs ago. There's an, another couple of horses running today with Shelby sixty six form. He's now had twenty three starts Shelby sixty six. At his first nineteen of those, he earned about a hundred thousand in prize money. In the last four weeks, he's earned quarter of a million. Extraordinary. Uh, does he become? So I was talking about it yesterday here at, uh, at on the track, Duff. Um, we had Jungle Edge. We had that wonderful story with Mick Bell. It was a different circumstance uh, with Danny having, you know, more in work than Mick, but he can just run around and, and chase the clouds, can't he? Yeah, well, he's, uh, when you're on a good thing, stick to it. <laughs> he, uh, you know, he, he, I couldn't have backed him on Saturday. I just thought it was just a, flu- a freakish, flukish performance uh, against Eduardo, looking at his... The, the way he'd been pottering around for the previous 18 months and hadn't won a race, and all of a sudden he's gone bang, bang. I'm, I'm putting it more down to heavy tracks, um, but I, I heard Danny on the radio yesterday, and he, he said, I haven't had all the tools to my trade, and he, he, he's found us, uh, I think he said, he, with Alan, Alan, he went, he, before Alan Picardi passed away, his old boss, he said, he went to see him and he said, that pool of mine's doing nothing on the property and he's been using his pool uh, for swimming horses and he said it's another tool to a trainer's, you know, the armoury and he, he's, he's really paying off. His horses are really thriving with the swimming and whatever and and maybe it's not just Shelby Six because he had a horse there on a benchmark 55 horse there on Saturday and it, uh, in the Ajax, a similar situation, it went enormous, Jalmari. Uh, and I thought... Well, maybe it's not just Shelby 66. Maybe it's the Danny Williams stable. Maybe with this new, new, like I said, the the, the new tool to the shed, the swimming pool, it's, it's bringing the best out of his horses. Mm. I, I tell you what, it's not a pool as mm-hmm. such. It's like a dam. Oh, okay. Um, this is a this is a purpose built uh, property. I think it's called I think it's called Linwood uh, or Lin something. It's actually Alan Hardy and um, his partners built the property for Kurt Goldman. Uh, Danny was there originally and then and left to train on his own right. And now Kurt Goldman is there, just outside of Goldman. But it's an amazing structure, what they've built there. Uh, you know, beautiful wooden walkway through the middle and the horses go down one side and then they come back down the other side with the walkway in the middle and the, the, um, you lead them uh, along there. But um, uh, Danny, I, I spoke to Danny yesterday and I said, mate, you know, you're, you're the new cult figure, you've got the cult uh, horse there that everyone wants to be with, Shelby 66, you know, how are you coping, you know, is it changing you? And he, I said, how did you celebrate Saturday night? He said, I went to Hungry Jacks. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, another caller on the line, I believe, uh, Boydo. Um, who have we got there? Swampy. Good morning, Swampy. Yeah, good day, boys. How's it going? I'm uh, just mate. wondering today... 
today um, I've got two things. Just cut the boys, Duff Dean and Muns give a tip for Canberra and Adelaide. And I'd like to back up that last call a couple of calls ago. I'd never ever bet in the, on the straight in the straight races. And I buy the sportsman every Tuesday. And last Tuesday it had in in Neil Evans's column, and the, it's not the worst horse in the world at 101. The horse from New Zealand. So I've I've backed it, and all the boys in the pub they've backed it. We, it was brilliant. <laughs> But you bet on straight races. I thought you don't bet on straight races, but you, yeah, like, but you, you backed it though, mate. Well, when we when I told them, I said, "Oh, I've got a hundred to one chance for you," and they've gone and backed. And I said, "Oh God, I could not back it." I'd have them bloody saying so, I'm weak as water. So hang on, so you've had a bet. You never have a bet in the straight races, but now you're back to hundred to one shot. Well, you must love the straight racing, and that's outstanding. Mate, oh, you you wouldn't believe it. In 1976, <laughs> I backed a horse called Betty Beyond at won the new market at 100 to 1. Bart Cummings' horse party points all over and break its leg. Wow. All right, thank you very much for your call. Um, yeah. well, We've got Gary on the line. Though. Morning, Gary. How are you Sorry, going, yeah. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Um, just a question for Dino. Um, Aim yesterday at Canberra, he was terrible. I just wonder if he had any excuses. Um, oh, I think the other boys would be better qualified. I thought he trialled really well, and I thought he'd come down here and run on the dry track on Saturday. I thought that he'd run really well, but uh, he went there yesterday, Duff, and he didn't fire a shot. He was very ordinary. He sort of loomed on the point of the turn, and then there's something wrong there. He, mm. He's a better horse than that. So that's His not trial a, was outstanding. Yeah, yeah. So I, I couldn't... Um, I, 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 you know, you could understand if he run fourth or fifth, you'd say it's disappointing, but he went too bad to be true. There's something wrong. I haven't read the stewards' report, I must say. Munz? No, I, he missed the kick and never, ever got in the race realistically uh, at any stage. Okay. Thanks. No dramas. Thanks for I was your call. I going to say, Dave, uh, yeah. talking of those long shot winners, that's the first, he was a 100 to 1 winner, or she was on Saturday, uh, Rock and Horse. That's the seventh. Group one winner at a hundred to one or more at Flemington since two thousand and seven. First one down the straight, but it's uh, quite amazing that uh, amazing. at that at, at, uh, at our, our biggest track in Melbourne, Tears I Cry, Rebel Raider, Prince of Penzance, Lasquetti Spirit, Gadding, Luna Fox, Rock and Horse, all hundred to one plus winners of Group Ones. Wow. Let's talk about the uh, the slipper, uh, Duff. Let's talk about the Magic Knight and also the Pago Pago. And we can throw in, I guess, the Black Opal as well uh, with Queen of the Ball there. But um, have you seen anything uh, on the weekend that could that can challenge a best of Bordeaux, a Coolangatta? I don't know. Uh, it all comes down to track conditions now, this slipper. It's, uh, it's just all come down to track conditions. Um, I'd be, you know, they're looking likeable. Coolangatta... You know, recent no recent runs best of Bordeaux and Cool and Gatter going into a wet slipper would be, even though I trust Kieran Ma and David to have it right, um, I'd be nervous. And drier tracks, you could really, you know, promote Queen of the Ball if you know it's a top five or better. Uh, so I'm, I'm so up in the air with this Golden Slipper. I, you've got no idea. Usually, I love the two-year-olds and. I love to have a big firm opinion on on a, on, a, on the on the golden slipper. I'm 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 very 
nervous of them, even though they're not running any times at all. I'm very nervous of the Melbourne horses because we're here to be beaten. I trust she's extreme what I've seen of her twice now, the last two runs. She hits the line. She's powerful, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, if it's a if it's tough race, she'll be she'll be tough. Yeah, yeah but it all other. comes down to if it's going to be a tough race. If we if this couple of mils each day doesn't come and we all of a sudden mm. we're gonna dry a track, it's a whole new ball game again. Yeah, and traditionally the horses that run well the week out of the slipper, albeit only Kiyomichi, I think, has been a winner that's gone on to win the slipper within seven days. They do tend to run very, very good races. Um, yeah. Backing up a week later, so she's extreme. Uh, the funny thing about it, you know, Coolangatta, who was I, I shouldn't say soft at the top of the market, but got out to five dollars after Saturday, it actually firmed back in because nothing really jumped out of the page Saturday. So it's back to four dollars fifty favourite for the slipper. So Jardin's there at seven. Russian Conquest firmed as well, despite the fact it's realistically coming off a failure at its last run. But you've got to disregard that with the Snowdens. It's happened before. Uh, Sepoy and Capitalist, the two most uh, glaring. Uh, examples of that. It's now a $9 chance. Best of Bordeaux and She's Extreme 11 each of two. Now, She's Extreme, I think you'll find, was as much as $18 before it runs Saturday. Dormier, I spoke to um, um, uh, Brad Taylor yesterday um, and we interviewed him on Sky Thoroughbred Central. He's coming up here uh, this week. It's at 15 with Fireburn, Jack and O and also Revolutionary Mist. Queen of the Ball, after winning the Black Opal yesterday, and seven bales are $18 each of two, and then you go to $26. So today is the final opportunity for anyone that wants to pay a late entry fee into the slipper, and of course, final field declared tomorrow morning, and the barrier draw at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning, live from Rosehill Gardens on STC. And of course, uh, Brett Preble has been locked in to ride. She's extreme in that, of course, a golden slipper. So uh, Brett Preble to ride, she's extreme, and Tommy Berry to ride Russian Conquest. Um, Munns, on that uh, Black Opal yesterday, wasn't you the make of the winner? I know that there was good money for her early in the morning. Uh, there was, Dave. Uh, the fact that she got back on top of the ground, we, we discussed it uh, at length, uh, her, her previous run, and, and Rachel King had said that, uh, in her opinion, she wasn't comfortable at any stage in the Silver Slipper. She still ran fifth in that race there behind Best of Bordeaux and was only beaten uh, a tick over a couple of lengths. Uh, but uh, the fact that it was... It, well, it, it was funny. It, it seemed to be playing a little on speed there. Yesterday at Canberra, there was two massive winners, Cavalier Charles and also the last winner, uh, which was Mandeboss had come from last. Uh, but the, the majority of races there, horses that had travelled up on the speed seemed to be the horse that had been uh, figured in the finish at the end of the day. And she was always going to be there. But Rachel King was very, very positive. She drew the outside alley. And Rachel was positive to work across and find the front there. Uh, got a little bit of a mid-race rest in the middle of the race. Probably wasn't the deepest race in the world. If I could take a horse home and I'd get it in a headlock and wouldn't get it too far away from me at any stage, Warby. Uh, the Kieran Mar, David mm. Eustace Galloper missed the kick. Uh, Kieran said to me after the race, he said, well, I turned away after it had missed the kick. And I said, well, that's it. That's gone. Ta-da. Uh, and he said, I, I had to look back just to see whether it found the line or not. But he was very, very impressed. And so anyone that would have been that watched the race, he said, his last 100 metres, he thinks he's a very, very nice horse. Okay. We've got another caller on the line. I think we've got uh, John. Morning, John. Morning, fellas. Um Regarding Fangirl and Espiona, I read a quote from uh, Chris Waller 
saying, you just watch him on a dry track, you'll see something special. So I've noted that. Um, a couple of runs in Melbourne, Levant, gee whiz, if you uh, look through its form in New Zealand, it was really good. I, yeah, they've been coming here for years. We know the Vegas, O'Sullivan, et cetera, but not, not with sprinters often. But uh, it draws the uh, inside. It probably wins. And the other one, Kiss for All Checks team. Do you know what's happening with those two horses? Are they going anywhere? Uh, kiss on all four cheeks. Uh, I don't know. I think she'll she'll either run in a mare's race here, the Sunline Friday week, or you'll probably see her up in Sydney in the next few weeks. But uh, she's a, a very good mare. She always has been. And uh, Saturday, uh, she got a beautiful ride from Mark Zara, but she won easily. She was nearly the best winner of the day. What about Levon? Uh, I don't know what's going on with her. I think... Uh, don't know if Ken Kelso is going to take her to, to Sydney. Um, I, I think this was a real target to have her ready for the the Doncaster uh, for the new market. So I'm not sure if she's going on. Okay, Th- thanks very much, fellas. Cheers for that. Uh, Matt's on the line. Morning, Matt. Dave, how are you, mate? Good, mate. Uh, Ma Nick yesterday at Canberra in the National Sprint run up the backside of every horse about four times. Got clear airway and then flew home. Just wondering what the concern uh, on that horse and where they're taking it. Richard Litt trains it. Uh, Marnix, well, we interviewed Richard prior to the race and I said to him, I said, mate, you're really testing, the, you know, you've, you've thrown this horse in the deep end. It was coming off two midweek wins of Warwick Farm in a benchmark 72 and then a benchmark 72. And he said, well, what, this is a great opportunity for him to just see where he is and, and, and the sort of horse that he's going to be because, uh, um, you know, to, to take a horse from Midway Company to find a listed race like the National Sprint, which is traditionally a pretty good race, and when you consider the winner, you know, which was Irish Songs, uh, you know, he's been all around the country in, you know, benchmark 80-odd races and cup races and Kosciuskos and the like. So I, I, I'm sure Richard would have went home very, very happy with him uh, he's only a, a benchmark 71 horse. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, you know, he, he might test him again in a good quality race. But uh, at this time of year, with carnivals on, those sort of benchmark 78 type, you know, to 80 horses that normally on a Saturday, they, they, they've got their races. Um, with carnivals on, you've, you've just got to put them in a stronger race. So it'll be interesting to see where he wants to take it. Follow it around, I reckon. It'll, it'll win one very soon. Yeah, Thank you very much for your call. Done a great job with that horse. Matthew. I mean, he, he was a Godolphin horse and showed glimpses of talent here and there, but he's really got him racing well. What do we do uh, with Maximel? Um, Dino, there's a couple of texts on the text line here. Geez, I thought he'd broken down with about 200 to go when uh, yeah. Hugh pull, pulled him out to sort of make a run and uh, he got stopped by the, the winner and then he, he clocked off on him really like quite sharply, uh, I thought Duff that something had gone amiss, but there's nothing in the stewards report. On straightening, I thought, hello, he's going to run a race, this horse, because um, mm. he was travelling, and I thought he had plenty to offer, and pretty similar to first up there, he, when he over-raced and, and didn't finish off, but John's got some work to do with him, because I know he likes him a lot, mm. and he speaks very highly of the horse, and he obviously shows him plenty at home, but there's something, there's something there that's not yeah. right with him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think John might have went to the gym on the way home from the race Saturday. He was in Sydney uh, to find a punching bag or something like that just to take the frustrations out. Why not? Another text on the text line here for you, Dino. Uh, Cardigan Queen, uh, your thoughts narrowly beaten there in the last. It was a sickening watch for some. 
for most, Dave. In <laughs> fact, uh, yes, uh, that finished you right off for the day if you liked it like, <laughs> like I did. Um, she should have won. Uh, she was following the winner and had a little option at the 300 to come out and just waited a stride too long and the run closed. Uh, Craig Williams put himself in there on Heskett and then had to wait and... The, the tail of the tape's extraordinary with her with the sectional times. She ran the 33rd best last 400 of the meeting and the best last 200 of the meeting. So uh, her closing speed was remarkable when she got clear. Um, should have won easily. She's a long way into a prep, so I don't know where she goes, but she's going, wherever she does go, she's going very well. All right, uh, we've got uh, Steve on the line. Morning, Steve. Uh, Stuart, sorry. Hello, guys. How are you? New Zealand form. The bloke that was talking about racing down Flemington Straight, bit of a billy goat track, sometimes, well most of the time it is, unless you're smart enough to pick up on what side's on and what side's off. Unfortunately, I had a big bet on Home Affairs to place, a big bet for the place earlier in the day to take a better price and um, after the first race down the straight I knew I was gone because they tended to come up the inside so I'd done my money cold already. And the New Zealand horse... I follow the New Zealand form a fair bit, and I reckon it's terrible form. Yeah, they come over here and they do win races, but I guarantee you, you want to back Levant next start against our horses around the bend on a fair track, uh, it'll go like a billy goat. It'll be 100 to 1. But uh, anyway, that's my that's my spew, guys. Well, they didn't come down the inside in the first race. Uh, they, no, came they came to the middle. The two, uh, about two-thirds uh, out. The second race, they definitely drifted in. Uh, yeah, they and drifted in, yeah. Glistening was closer to the inside, and uh, General, but General Bow was probably in that middle lane again, and he went second. So, yeah, it was. I, I, I was none the wiser going into the new market, but obviously you were. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I just put when J Mac was, I think it was J Mac was on Peter Moody's horse, the two year old. Um, he came down the right side of the track, I thought, but towards the finishing post, um, it was clear that they were sort of coming up the. Up the inside to middle a bit, but um, it's well, tough did, racing. Well, he was on a speed did. horse; he could have yeah. gone to the inside. He's let. There, there's no nothing stopping him on home affairs from going to the inside. It's just like a normal race drawing out. You just work across. Uh, he must have been pretty happy with the lane well, he know, had. Even going up the front here, you know, he was setting a hot speed with a big weight. I mean, he's not black caviar, and I thought he would have just taken a sit, maybe a length off them, and sort of. Um, used his class to come into the race, but, you know, I got it wrong, so... OK, thanks for your call, uh, Stevie. Uh, I mean, Dino, we're obviously there, you know, we want to uh, jump towards the track, but really, I mean, I, I, I'd be very interested to see if they would have split uh, like they did if Home Affairs wasn't up on uh, on speed, Dino, like he was, which he always got, was going to be, but... I think everyone yeah. just saw James and thought, oh, okay, let's let's follow J-Mac, and, and that's what's happened. I think it's a really good point you make, Dave, and uh, we've seen seen in the new market in recent years, yeah, they've huddled to the centre and that, but Redkirk Warrior won one down the inside and one down the outside, uh, but the year he won was a field of 14, I think, and they all came to the inside uh, the first year he won, and uh, I, I thought that... 
the absolute speed horses were on the inside and it was interesting I, I wondered if Josh Richards being an inexperienced apprentice he was on the leader finance tycoon whether he would be brave enough to stay on the inside or he'd think I've got to get across where James McDonald is but mm-hmm. he stayed to the inside and that was that was very beneficial to the horses that ultimately ran the trifecta all right, uh, it is 9.55. We might take another break on Sky Sports Radio. When we return, we'll get some horses to follow from the boys. Skills. Experience. Qualification. Let's fix that with Skills Certified. Their partner RTOs could turn your skills and workplace experience into a nationally recognised qualification through recognition of prior learning. Take the free 60-second skills check now and find out if you've got what it takes to get yourself qualified. Start now at skillscertified.com.au. Get your skills certified. Dolly Stallions, they win. Montefilia is stretching, lunging and got up to win it. Montefilia claims the two group ones in a week. She has done something no filly has ever done. And that is her third group one win. They sell. Kermanek filly. It's a hammer, I sell. They get you to the big days. That is 100 career group one wins. Darley Stallions, they win, they sell, they get you to the big days. The putters panel. Yeah, I'm with Mazu. I just I like this horse on its way up. Mazu clear. Mazu extends to win the fireball. I just think he's a bit more streetwise, Eduardo. Because he's a bit more adaptable. I'll be on Eduardo at the price at the moment. Eduardo in front clings on. Eduardo just forbidden love's the obvious one. Going through the wet form, it's uh, you sort of come to forbidden love. Forbidden love's going great guns. She wins another group one today. The putters panel Friday morning racing HQ. Quality yearlings, coupled with the country's best incentives, make the Magic Millions Gold Coast March yearling sale a must-attend, March 21 and 22. All yearlings are eligible for the $14 million-plus Magic Millions race series. Buy the next Queensland bread star like Jonka, Incentivise, Capitalist or Zoo Star. This year's catalogue offers 427 lots with progeny by 87 individual sires, including 16 with members of their first crop. For more information and to view the catalogue, visit magicmillions.com.au. It is 9.57 on Sky Sports Radio. <clears throat> Pardon me. Let's get some horses to follow from our panel of Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester and also Glenn Munsey. And I'll go to you first, Duff. What are our horses to follow from Sydney? Yeah, it was worth a throw at the stumps, but maybe the heavy track wasn't his go on Saturday. So uh, Dala Lett's a, a, a definite midway winner in the, in the making and never been kissed. I think I'll follow her on the drier tracks. Dean? Uh, the last race, we had a caller mentioned Daisies, who got through and ran fourth. It was a really good return by her, but uh, Doker was only a couple of lengths behind her and didn't get out, and uh, there wasn't much between them in the spring, and I think Doker can... Uh, I think the Australasian Oaks in Adelaide might be her long-term goal. And uh, one in Sydney, Duff, uh, I thought ran really well on Saturday, and he's a lot more athletic this time in his character. Um, mm. he, he, I thought he ran a really good race, and I don't. He's, he's not a Derby horse, maybe, but the you know Tullock Stakes or Frank Pracker Plate or something like that it might be a race for him. But, but uh, I just think he looks a lot more streamlined this time, and looks more like a horse that can you know, you know get the job done. 
Yeah, there's a target race for him. I don't know which one it is, but uh, they're just slowly, slowly with him. And Carbine Club even, maybe. Yeah, I don't know if they think he's a stayer or not, but yeah. uh, maybe it is the derby. I don't know, but uh, mm. he, he was, he's, he's two runs back have been in great now, haven't they? Mm, yeah, absolutely. And Munns, your horses to follow. Well, uh, as you know, I tend to get a little bit wide and looking for easier races rather than horses going on to, you know, the deep races. But uh, if you want to find a benchmark 58 somewhere for Joe Mari, I don't know whether you'll get on it. Uh, as long as it's a rain-affected track, because it really had been lapped every run that it had before this time in. And, and its last three runs now on a soft five at now or a soft seven at Canberra and then the heavy track at Rose Hill on Saturday. Uh, Danny Williams has, has got it going well, but definitely a rain-affected track. And two horses out of Gosford on Saturday, one that I've put in my horses to follow before, the Chris Waller train for Lassifile. Uh, once again, on a rain-affected track, I thought it was very, very good there first up in the benchmark race on Saturday. And uh, hopefully uh, people had something on it on Saturday in the, uh, the Provincial Midway Championships qualifier, Kinlock, uh, horse I've been uh, sort of talking up for quite a while uh, managed to get the money there on Saturday in the last bout. Yeah, it was a good ride by uh, Dylan. Hasn't it come back a different horse now? He's had uh, the uh, the procedure. Munns. We lost Glenn again. We might have lost Glenn's line there. Um, boys, that has been Punters Postmortem this morning. Uh, live from the nation's capital. Have a good uh, week, Duff. Have a good uh, week, Dino, as the carnival really starts to heat up here in Sydney over the next couple of weeks, if it already hadn't. We've had great racing all over the country uh, for the last uh, oh, three, four weeks and looking forward to continuing. Have a good day, boys. Thanks, Thanks guys. Man.